0: And, you know, wherever we go, uh, as long as it is a Baptist, I always feel at home. And thank you so much for making us feel at home during the camp. I would like also to take this opportunity to uh, acknowledge the late uh, Pastor Max Mendoza and the church because uh, some years ago you have extended your financial support uh, at one time when we were still in Baguio City, and I think uh, we also got some help when we were starting the work in Riverside and so to Ati Jose Mendoza Thank you so much. The first time that uh, I came here in 1998 You have allowed us to stay in inyong apartment It was a very short uh, Uh, visit but uh, I will uh, long remember those moments Uh, your daughter uh, the wife of Pastor Sam still I think in college or high school then and I'm just so glad that uh, I have seen you again now this time a wife of a pastor that is really blessing and uh, praise God You know, um, I promised this many, many times, that I will try to preach less than an hour. I hope I will be true with this promise this time. All right. I would like us to pause for a moment because in several hours from now, the Metropolitan Bible Baptist Church of Baguio City, for which some of these Cordillerans came from, will be celebrating their 32nd Thanksgiving anniversary. That was the church that uh, I pioneered uh, right after or during the earthquake, because when the killer earthquake struck Baguio City, uh, there were several tents that were put up uh in burnham park in athletic Bowl, and some other places and we took advantage of preaching the word of god little did i know that god is showing us that one day a church will rise up in the city of baguio and uh, I'm just so thankful that God allowed us to pioneer that work. And uh, uh, the church went through a lot, but uh, I praise God that we are still standing strong and uh, moving forward. Our church in Baguio, for 32 years, we have organized five daughter churches. We have 11 foreign congregations, and we have five local congregations, we have three mission works. And all in all, all the five churches that we have organized, they are also flourishing. And so for 32 years, our work in Baguio City has established more than 50 congregations. And uh, I do not know what God has in store for us, but. Many, many times we talk it over with my wife of going back to the mission field. We have been, 13, we have been 14 years in Riverside, California. And uh, of course, if I have to uh, think about those 14 years, if I could have been uh, in the Philippines, perhaps I could have done more. But of course the work in the States is completely different. It's a different ball games and uh, 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 it's really hard. The truth is uh, the mission field in California of which we have served God for 14 years, I would say that that was the most difficult mission work that we have been through. It is very challenging. I believe that you could relate to that. And so, but uh, I praise the Lord that God has uh, put you into this ministry, and I've heard that you have supported so many, many missionaries. But I pray that God will use this church to be able to establish local churches in this state of New Jersey. And I know you're capable. You have abled men. You have good preachers. You have uh, uh, a lot of working people. I mean, you have everything that it takes to be able to uh, establish works, you know, throughout this part of the US. Well, this is not a missions conference. (laughs) Uh, this is um, but I just love mission I just love church planting and I have, I will never never get tired of uh, uh, pioneering works uh, I find so much fulfillment in it although uh, uh, there are a lot of uh, of um, uh, sacrifices you have to make like giving up some of your comfort zone but You know, in the ministry, it's not all about feelings. It's all about fulfilling God's call. Because if you are relying on your feelings and sentiments, uh, you could not be able to accomplish what God wants you to do. And there is always that feeling of, I want to be here. I'm in the fear of stepping out of faith. But it will be fine. It will be fine. You see, Um, and so uh, I challenge you to keep serving the Lord because that is the greatest work that a man can ever accomplish in his life. I uh, uh, salute all our career people. I'm so glad for all of those accomplishments and our students uh, for your academic excellence But I said last night that there is nothing more important in this world than the work of God. Let us all stand up, please, as we turn our Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 9 to 15. And so, Ari Josie, thank you so much. I'm so glad that I could be able to see you again. In the book of Matthew, chapter 6, I would like to begin reading in verse 9. In Matthew chapter 6, actually, this is what we call uh, the Lord's model prayer. I would like to begin reading in verse 9. And this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses let us pray our father thank you so much god for the opportunity to be invited as a speaker of this camp. thank you god for the friendship that we have with pastor sam and i pray to god that this friendship lord will continue to grow and be able oh god to help its other's ministry looking forward that we could also have him in our ministry in Baguio City or in Riverside. Thank you, dear God, for the kindred spirit that we have here, Lord, for the fellowship, for the opportunity, O God, to know new friends and to be able, Lord, to know what God is doing in their lives. Father, continue to bless this ministry and even for our visitors that are here today. O God, I pray that they will leave this campsite having that assurance that when death comes at any time, they can be assured of life everlasting. And to all of us, I pray to God, that after this camp, that we will all be transformed to become better Christians. For this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and please be seated. Salamat po. Wow, I really enjoyed those songs, and um, um, I like people when they expressed the meaning of their song, the song right? And uh, of course, the only real Christians uh, could be able to express those meaning of the lyrics of those songs. And so today, uh, I would like to continue preaching about family the title of my message is A Heavenly Family. A heavenly home or a heavenly family. What is meant to have a heavenly home on earth? Uh, Do we have to be in heaven to live and experience heavenly? Do we need to be in heaven to experience heavenly life? Remember that eternal life commences at the moment you accepted the Lord as your Savior. Remember the thief on the cross when he acknowledged Christ, that Jesus Christ promised him today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Jesus Christ did not say that after you die, you will be with me in paradise. What does it mean? It means to say that the moment you acknowledge Christ in your life as your personal and Savior, you have actually started living for eternity. I don't have to die physically to experience eternity. You know, did you know that Christians don't die? We just sleep. And when we wake up, we will be in the portals of heaven. That's why when a person dies, when a Christian dies, we don't say, rest in peace. We say, home with Christ. Because Christians, we're going to leave this body behind. But there is something in us that lasts for eternity. Remember that the soul is the eternal part of the human being. Human being composed of three elements the body, which is the temporal dwelling place of the soul and spirit. And when we die, the spirit that God put into our life, we call it the breath of life, will go back to the Father. But the soul will go to eternity. And there are only two places where the soul of man will spend eternity it's either in heaven or in hell there is no middle ground that's why if you are here today and you don't have that assurance my friend you better decide to receive Christ today before death comes into your life we have only one chance my dear friend to make that decision all right that's why this is our message this is our message we help people to find their way back to the lord so it is a promise that we receive outrightly upon receiving the lord in 1 john chapter 5 in verse 13 these things have i written unto you that believe on the name of the son of god that you may know i would like you to understand the word that you may know eternity is not something that cannot be known or cannot be understood it is something that you can know that's why if someone asks me where will i go if i die i would tell them i will go to heaven Because that salvation does not... We don't actually keep that salvation. It's the Lord that keeps it. Because if salvation is kept to us, we could lose it. But I'm so glad that salvation is anchored and rests upon the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's why once you are saved, you are saved for eternity. When we sin we don't lose our relationship with God, but we lose our fellowship. When fellowship is broken because of sin, sometimes we begin to doubt our salvation. But doubting your salvation does not outdo your salvation. You need only to confess your sins and restore that fellowship. Just like what King David said, restore the joy of my salvation so we are assured and that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the son of god god's word is the greatest knowledge Amen? amen knowing the lord personally is the greatest experience eternal life is the greatest promise and it's going to happen i praise god that I am saved. The greatest experience that happened to a person is not the day of your wedding. It is not the day when you graduated from college. It is not the day when she said, I do. But it is the day that you decided to receive Christ as your Savior. The promise, but I would like you to understand this, the promise of eternal life has an underlying importance to our heavenly life on earth. And the reason why eternal life is not only something that will happen in the future, but something that you could experience today because God wants us to start a heavenly life. There must be a reason why we are saved. And you know what? If salvation is only for the promise of heaven, then God could have taken our life right after that we get saved. But why? We are still alive. Why? Because there is that underlying importance of that salvation that he promised. While we live on earth. Let us look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God. And the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who hath blessed us. With all his spiritual blessings. In heavenly places. In Christ. You know. It means that the moment that you get saved, all right, it means that God wants us to live heavenly. And this is the reward or the promise of of God for those that are saved, who have blessed us with all his spiritual blessings. You know, God did not only promise material blessings, if you're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, I believe that that has something to do with material blessings that he promised for those who put God first in their lives. But you know what? Listen, those are just added blessings. But the real blessings are those that are spiritual. Like salvation, forgiveness, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace. These are all the spiritual blessings that God wants us to enjoy. Now, Christians, you better realize that you have all the wealth, you know, in this world. You are not poor. We are blessed. I don't care what you are going through, but being a Christian is still a better choice. Don't regret for being a Christian. Don't be ashamed of your faith. You know, sometimes uh, it saddens me when I see Christians that they seem to be more lonely than the unbelievers. They are more depressed than the than the unbelievers. That, that this should not be right. I, I I get so jealous when I see a family who is not. Even believers, and yet they have harmony, they have joy, they have fellowship. When you can see Christian families always fight, always argue. You see a family, you know, living together in sin. And they seem to be having a good time. You know, Christians wake up. We have to be better than these people. Why? Because we have the real joy, the real smile, the real happiness. These people are happy because of the happenings. But Christians, even if there's no happy happenings around us, we're still happy because We have Jesus. We are not crazy trying to find satisfaction in this world. We have already that joy and satisfaction. You just need to bring out, you know, that life of the listen, the union of the believers with Christ. Remember that in 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 John chapter one verse twelve. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Second Corinthians 5:7, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ. You see, we have Christ and we are in Christ. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ. So there's a difference between Christ in me and I in Christ. Now listen, when you you receive Christ in your life, that is equals to salvation. But if you are in Christ, that is equals to transformation. Many Christians are not transformed, but they are saved. Many Christians are not leaving for the Lord because they only receive Christ, but they are not completely surrendered to God. It is that new life. Therefore, if any Christian be in Christ, that's the that doesn't that, the take there. In Christ, not Christ in you, but we are in Christ. And then you. He becomes, what? A new creation. You can only experience a new life, a new creation, a new perspective, a new direction the moment you surrender and yield to God. This union, my dear friend, of the believers with Christ is transcending, transforming, overpowering. This relationship affects every aspect of our human being. Our hearts, our thoughts, our mind, values, goals, discipline, perspective, our priorities, our plans, our way of life. The union of the believers with Christ is powerful. It could bring Changes and transformation. It could redirect our life. You know, when you receive Christ, it means that you will turn from darkness to light. From being a victim to a victor. From being defeated to a champion. It means that having Christ... Must become your turning point in life. But how many of us are experiencing that promise? Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. Set your affections on things above. Amen? Don't you ever set your affection on things below. This is not your world. This, we don't belong to this world, folks. We are just passing through. We are pilgrims. There's a difference between being, you know, in the world and of the world. Folks, my when, we are in the world, but we are not of this world. Amen? Set your affections on things above. Every single day, We have to set our mind on things that are heavenly. Not on things on earth. Is it possible to have heavenly home while we live in this temporal world? The answer is resounding yes. Mom and dad, if we examine our lives today, what kind of home are we trying to establish Are we conforming to the world or rather to the blueprint of God He has already designed and established? Do we follow all the specification standards that God has set for us? Believers, we have to do our assignment if we want our home to be heavenly. You know what? the only thing you can accomplish something is to work. To work. Nothing would ever be built without working, without perspiring, without sacrificing. If you want to do something in your life, if you want to do something in your family, and you've got to do your work, you've got to do your assignment. Bring out all those spiritual truth in your life. In this Lord's prayer, I would like you to follow now with me. In this Lord's prayer, our Heavenly Father gave us important principles what a heavenly home looks like. Hindi lamang po ito simply na model prayer. You know, if you're going to look at the Lord's model prayer, you could find two things here. The characteristics of God and what God wants us as fathers, as mothers, to our family. In the following verses, our Heavenly Father did not only show His characteristics as caring, as loving, forgiving, and providing father. But there is a strong similitude how an earthly father should do for his family. To all our fathers that are here, we have that solemn responsibility. And God has given us that responsibility to build. A heavenly home. Let's look at this. So, the characteristics of a true father from the example of our heavenly father. Number one, let's look at verse 9. Our father who art in heaven. God dwells in heavenly place. Amen. Yes, our father lives in on high, in heaven. And what does heaven really look like? I believe that every good thing is found in heaven. Our group sang that song, No More Nights. No More Death. No More Tears. That is heaven. Heaven is a place of joy. Heaven is a place of love. It is a residence of harmony and unity, a dwelling place of praise, an abode of peace. Psalms number 11, verse 4 The Lord is the holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. What is the application? When God said, our Father who art in heaven, that every father should try his very best to create the same kind of atmosphere in his own home. Mom and dad, create a home that is heavenly, where there is love, where there is joy, where there is praise, where there is unity, where there is harmony, where there is thanksgiving and gratitude. This is what heavenly home looks like. Do you see your family to be filled with gratitude, respect? Every father, every mother, every child should try his very best to create the same kind of atmosphere in our own home. Our father who art in heaven you get got to remember that God is not the unseen guest. He is not a guest in our home. He is the owner and the builder. Don't set him aside. Let him have the preeminence in your home. Number two, hallowed be thy name. In verse 9, the word hallowed means sacred, sanctified, and holy. These are the very nature and personality of God, and He deserves all our praises and glory. God is holy not because of what He does, but what, because of who He is. Because the nature of God is holy, everything that He does, is holiness and righteousness. First Peter chapter 1, verse 16, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. What does a heavenly home look like? It is not only a place of praise, of, of unity, of love, but every father, every mother must strive to have a reputation worthy to be there respected by his own family. Our family should highly regard us of our godly character. Just like the Father, He is holy in everything. As leaders of our home, we must strive also to be the most righteous in the family. It's hard, but what choice do you have? You did not choose to be a father. It was God who put you there. You see? And you must be thankful that God gave you a home. Did you know that many people wanted to have a farm, but they cannot have one? Did you know that? And you are so, we are so privileged for giving us the opportunity to lead our home. We must try to emulate the very distinctive characteristic of our Heavenly Father, not our own brand of righteousness, but the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ that is in us. That is a heavenly home where there is sacredness, where there is a high regard of God, Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 2. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. We know that honor and respect is not demanded. It has to be earned. God never demands us to honor Him. God never demands that we love Him. You know why we love Him? Because He first loved us. We honor Him because He honored us. We make Him so important because He made us important. Folks, my dear friends, every member of our family must have to do everything to earn its other's respect. I could not demand respect from my kids. I don't demand love from my wife. You know what? It has to come from me. And so when people see that we are good model and example you know what it becomes contagious there is so much love at home because the father and the mother love one another love each other just like my dear friend you know what listen we have to create our family where there is sanctity sacredness respect and discipline we should live a holy, godly, and righteously. That's why young people, no matter how our parents would try to bring righteousness at home to being disciplined, if you do not help your mom and dad, it will not work. you got to respect our home is sacred. It is not just a place to sleep, a place to eat, but it is more than that, my dear friend. It is a place where we can worship God. It is a place where we can honor God, where we can declare His glory. It is a place where the glory of God shine upon. Our home should reflect the beauty of God's holiness. What will they see inside your home? We don't make our home a place of gambling, a place of chismes, a place where, a place of hatred. No, it's not. You get to remember that God can bless every home and it could be. A place of worship. Leviticus chapter 11 verse 44. For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore sanctify yourselves and you shall be holy for I am holy. Let us see thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants us to put him first in our lives and his will to be done. As the head of our home, of our family, God gave us the authority to lead and to manage. Our authority comes from the word of God, the truth, the principles, and wisdom we learn from the Bible, plus our righteous living has given us the moral ascendancy to lead our own family. When you decided to enter into marriage, you must understand that responsibility it carries along. You cannot have family and be neglectful. You cannot have a home and then close your eyes and just let things go its own way. You have to know what is right. You have to know. I mean, God put you there because God believes in you. Because God knows that you can do something. You are in a position of influence, of authority. Did you realize that? You did not get your authority from the government. You got your authority as parents from God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Your desire and plans for your family must be respected and properly appropriated. Your godly ambition must be their guide and desire for the future. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to rot, but bring them up in nurture and admonition of the Lord. Let God's kingdom, God's will be in your home. When a family, I hope I could be able to preach this tomorrow, about family worship. I, I believe that that um, uh, every member of our home must be involved in the work of God. That every member of our family must have something to do in in the church of God. I don't care if that is cleaning, that is, you know, answering, but it's a great joy. I am a very family-oriented person, and I love and I encourage members to bring your family involved in the ministry. I love to see family singing together. I love family coming together and giving out their offering. I love family coming together for visitation. I love family coming together for follow-up and for soul winning. Have you ever, could you imagine if the whole family is go out there giving out gospel tracts at the train station or knocking doors and giving all, you know what, it's just a wonderful thing. And my dear friend, it depends on the leadership of the parents. Number four, give us this day our daily bread. God is our provider, he is the source of our sufficiency. He never neglects his own and takes care of and and he takes care of all our needs. Amen. He is our Jehovah Jireh. That's why every time I see food on the table, it reminds me of God's faithfulness. And you know that God has never forgotten us, that every time we come to God and ask for need for our needs, you know that God's providence is always there. Not only that He promised, but He will fulfill. God has blessed us so much, right? The truth of the matter is that you have more than what you deserve. You ask for simple things, but God gave us more than what we have expected. Look around. Our kids are beautiful. And they are handsome. They're all good looking. They are talented. Did you know that God is a special blessing upon the children of God's people. God wants us to enjoy our family. God wants us to be, very, to be very proud of our family. Family is not perfect, but something that we can be very grateful and thankful, right? As fathers, we should provide. Listen now. As fathers, we should provide the needs of our family. We should satisfy their needs and grant some even of their wants. We should always look at their welfare and for their own good. We ought to be dependable. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. This is really hard. But if any provide not for his own, for his own family, for his own children... And especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and it is worse than an infidel. I hope that every dad, every mom that are present tonight, you have the desire to well provide for your family. It is shameful when as parents we cannot even provide for our children. Provide them the best education. I was sharing to Pastor Eugene about, you know, God has blessed us here in the States beyond my expectations. I wasn't able to provide a house for my family in the Philippines but God has given us a house in the States a house we can call it our home and I just I can still remember when we moved in into our house that every child of mine they went into their bed woo, and they said at last I have my own bed because when we were starting many of you knows about it wherever our mission house is that is where we live One room, everyone fits in. But I praise God. They were able to get their own education, you know, because God is our provider. During the recession, many have lost their job, but you still have job. Many people wanting to have one job, but many of you have two jobs, three jobs, my goodness. but something wrong some members when they have one job they only give 10% of their first job but second job third job they don't give any tithes and offering if you have three jobs you all tithe those three jobs you can never outgive the lord you know what folks a heavenly home is where the needs of our family is well provided. There is no believer that should be poor. You know what? God did not only save us and forgave us of our sins, but I believe that God also saved us from laziness, from complacency. Kaya nga po, The moment you become a Christian, you are no longer beggars, but you become a giver. Number five, and forgive us our debts. God is always willing to forgive. His arms are forever wide open to all that repent. Numbers 14, verse 18, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. As a father, as a mother, and as a child, we should be the example of forgiveness. We ought to be understanding and kind. Let us not be critical to our family. I just hate, Wives telling their problems about their family to other people. You have no business to tell your family problems to other people. You have no business. We have to protect the image of our home that is heavenly. We have to help each other stand on their own. We should never leave anyone behind. Everyone, my dear friend, must be enjoying its other's company. There should not be any division or favoritism at home. Every child must be equally treated. Amen? There should be forgiveness. If any member of our family don't find forgiveness, acceptance, they will get out. Could you imagine, you know what? We always say there is no place like home. Is that really true? And why don't, why our kids don't want to go home sometimes? Mom and dad, after work, there should only be one place that you're looking at. I want to be home. Did you know that you feel different when you are at home? There's so much wars. There's so much problems in this world. Let us spare our home from these problems. Amen. I hope that if there is one place on earth that is peaceful, if there is one place in this earth where there is love and forgiveness, that should be our home. I don't care how small that house. I don't care how simple it is. But let us make our home heavenly. Let's have a heaven place in this earthly life. Amen. That's why you have to really make it like when people get in, wow, I feel in heaven. I am in heaven. I don't mean all this physical structure, but I mean the significance of it. You know, Colossians, Chapter 3, verse 13 Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgive you, so also do ye. A heavenly home is there where forgiveness, understanding, and acceptance could be found. And then number 6 And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God always protects His own. Children, He provides them power to overcome sin. Mom and dad, our children must feel secured with our presence. There should never be a trap inside a home. Amen? That should be the most protected, the most preserved place in the world your home, your family. Do not expose your home with all the dangers in this world. My dear friend, listen, try your do your best not to let Satan get into your family and destroy your family. You have to be on guard. Don't let this worldly philosophy get in. Folks, listen. No. Kids, I know that your mom and dad try their very best to establish a good image. Please don't compromise with the world and destroy what they have been working for. They work so hard to provide you everything and don't just throw it away. For so many years, they have preserved their relationship morally and just imagine... Just like that. If you are not careful young people, you could destroy the testimony they have built for so many years. That's because you are careless, you are self-centered, you're egoistic. Oh, mom, this is what I feel. This is my independence. Hey, my dear friend, listen. Be very considerate. I've always reminded my children That everything that we have here and we build everything that you see here by God's money that he has entrusted to us. And I told him, you will have your time. You will have your time. Because I want you, when you begin to have your own family, that I would like to build your home just like your dad did. I want them. I want to establish a legacy. At least that's one thing that we could turn it over to them. We might not be the wealthiest. We cannot even give them any inheritance at all. You know, Baptists, we don't have much, a lot of money, right? But we invest on life. Someone asked me, Pastor, siguro marami na kayong mga kung ano-ano pa. What? you know what my treasure is? The people that I serve. You know? Pastor Psalms, your treasure is found in the hearts of everyone in your church. That's how rich you are. Because every material things in this world, we will leave behind. I don't care how much money you have in your wallet, in your ATM card. When you die, my dear friend, you could not even bring one cent of your money in heaven. But the things that you carry along to eternity are the things that you have built in the name of Jesus. Jesus only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for christ will last don't be crazy for this world don't give all your strength and your time with this dying world my dear friends spend something build your home that will last for eternity and the two is the only people that you can bring along with you are the members of your family that have become a believer? I was telling you know that Noah, I just, this is something I like about Noah. He failed to win so many people that one thing that he made it sure that all the members of his family are inside the boat. Make it sure that your family are all inside the boat. Don't let them be outside the ark, dying and being taken away by the flood of this world. You know, do it. Don't bring any temptation inside your home. Psalms 31, verse 23, O oh, love the Lord, all ye saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. Psalms 32, verse 7, Thou art my hiding place, thou shalt preserve me from the trouble, thou shalt compass me about with song of deliverance. 1 Corinthians 10:13: There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is a common to men, but God is faithful. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above, that you are able, but he will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. There is no problem that cannot be solved. There's no mountain too high that you cannot climb, my friend. You know what? Just like those testimonies we will all come true victors. Amen? How is your family? How are your kids? Are they defeated? Are they lonely? Are they heartbroken? We have to do something. Family support during this difficult time is most needed. Remember that your very presence Provides protection. Fathers should provide protection to their own family. We should never put our family to shame and embarrassment. Give your family honor and dignity. We give them sense of security and protection, and they should feel safety and find refuge from us. Another thing is, for thine is the kingdom, and power, and glory, and forever. Amen. God is a jealous God. He doesn't want to share His glory and honor to anyone. God is possessive of His children and that's the kind of fathers and mothers and children we are supposed to be. The good sense of being being, uh, being possessive Because, of course, there is the bad side of being possessive, but there is also the good side of being. God is possessive because He loves us, because He wants us to be protected. I am very possessive to my kids. You know, there is a good side of jealousy. God is a jealous God because He does not want us to destroy our lives. Every husband is possessive with their wife. Every wife is very possessive with their husband. And so parents to their children, children to their parents, that's normal because you are a part of it. You belong to that family and it is just but proper and normal that you will be able to protect your family. Do everything. You know, hope that your father, that you, father and mother, you will always have a place in your heart of your family, a place of respect and honor. Father should do everything within their power to bring the best for our children and family. In closing, what makes living better together in our family? Your theme is better together. And what makes a family a better together to live in? I have four things, and I would like you to remember. All of this starts with letter H. How would you like that after this come, our home is a better together family? I love your theme. And maybe next year I will adopt your theme, Better Together. And while I look at the simple theme, it already gave me some thoughts about what I need to do also. If you want to have a better together relationship in our family, number one, give something in their hands. Every single day, you find something that you could put in their hands. I don't know that is, but something that you can give into their hands. It could be a handshake. It could be a simple token of appreciation. Give something. Every day, little things. This is for you. Number two, give something in their heads. Every single day, try to educate. Try to put something, some principle to live by into their mind, into their head. Every time you read the Bible, there is always something you could learn and be excited to share to your children. I have learned something here in your church and I'm so excited to bring this with me and I will bring this great truth and blessing into the head of our people. You know what? Listen, mom and dad, study God's word and share that knowledge that you have acquired. Give something. And number three, give something into their hearts. Hence, Head and heart. Fill their hearts with love, with humility, with good example. Strengthen their emotions, their feelings. Something that they can be very proud of it. And lastly, give something in their hungry stomach. All right? Because you can do better in putting something in their heads, in their hands, in their hearts when their stomach is full. Kaya nga po, very wise kayo dito eh. Kain muna bago preaching. You know why? Before Christ teach the beatitude, He fed them. Because people can understand better full stomach. Not, that's why, I listen, you cannot teach, you cannot discipline your children if they are hungry. Before you give them sermons, let them eat first. Wag niyo silang pagalitan bago kumain, mawala po sila ng gana at hindi silang makikinig sa inyo. This is my principle. When my kids were small, pag today let us go to Jollibee. And my kids begin to look at each other. Ano naman kasalanan natin? You know? They're just so excited. Whenever I, I would invite them, let's have dinner. You know, they're excited, but they're also very apprehensive. But that's fine. Don't forget this. Make your family a better together. Every single day, give something in their hearts, give something in their hands, give something in their heads, and give something in their hungry stomach. Let us bow down our heads and pray. Our Father, we thank you so much, O Lord, for all of these great principles, and may we be willing to learn to be able to change for the better. Thank you, dear God, for giving us a simple principles to follow to make our home a heavenly place to live in. That there be love, forgiveness, provision, security, that there will be protection, forgiveness, understanding, honor, and respect. What a blessing, dear God, that you have entrusted to us, O oh God, this family of our own. And please forgive us, O oh God, if for some reason we brought embarrassment and shame. I pray to God that we will make our home the best place where we can ever live, a place where we could find true rest. That we can always say, there is no place like home for this i pray in jesus name amen pastor sam